we go. Boom! What's up everyone? Welcome to Simulation. I'm your host, Alan Sakyan. Super excited to be talking about memory skills training. We have Chester Santos joining us on the show. Hello. Thanks for having me. Great. Um, I'm really happy to be here, Alan. Back on for round two with Chester. So excited. Chester was one of the first guests we had on the show like a year and a half ago, maybe in, within the first 10 episodes or so. And now it's almost 500 of these. And I'm so happy to have you back. Chester, you like authored a book in the meanwhile. You've been touring the world, giving talks on memory skills training. So for those that don't know Chester's background, he's a US memory champion and memory skills expert that helps people around the world to unlock their full memory potential. He's also the author of Instant Memory Training for Success and Mastering Memory, Techniques to Turn Your Brain from a Sieve to a Sponge. And you can find the links in the bio below, chestersantos.com, as well as his LinkedIn, Twitter profiles, and the Mastering Memory book. Chester, let's start things off by asking you, what are your thoughts on the direction of our world? Yeah, so uh, my thoughts on, on the direction of our world, obviously we're, we are a very, nowadays, tech, focused world, right? We're a very technology driven society. And, you know, my worry is that we might not be, you know, we think technology can solve everything, you know, we're, we're, we're uh, relying on technology to solve all of our problems, but we need to just be a little bit wary about, you know, we need to remain focused also on human development, right? We need to be focused on our personal development uh, at all times. It's still very important and it will always be important. I think we're living in an age now of digital dependency is what I like to call it. I gave a talk uh, at the end of last year at the International Festival of Brilliant Minds on the danger of digital dependency, and that is that we are outsourcing not only our memory, but other mental functions to electronic devices, so we are losing those abilities. Um, I always emphasize that it is incredible what these devices can help us do, and they are incredibly useful to us in our business, personal life, uh, nowadays in school as well. There's a lot that they can do for us, but I just want people to be aware that we need to not just completely outsource our mental abilities to those devices. We need to continue to use our brains, continue to exercise our brains. I think we're going to find out that some big pro problems develop down the line. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it, in, especially on this deeper time perspective where we 
have really just in the last 50 years been, in the last couple decades, they've become a ubiquitous, these computing technologies. And prior to that, throughout the whole historical development of the human species, we've never been able to do things. Well, we had a book to potentially write things to store yep. our, our memories, our thoughts. Mm -hmm. But with these devices now and the way that the attention economics are working, uh, we're really working into some grounds that we don't aren't really that aware of the future impacts of. And I'm, ha I'm happy that you bring that up as the direction of our world because in a little bit, um, maybe towards the end, I'll want to talk to you about the future of us interacting with the technology and working on our own human development, our own biological development. I w really do wonder what's happening to the brain as we offset so much of our memories to the devices and yeah. then what is actually happening like neurophysiologically inside of our brains and how much harder is it making it to do things like remember someone's name or to remember a string of things that can help us in a conversation or a presentation or any of these things. Yeah, it's really interesting to think about the actual physio physiology. Um, the changes taking place in the brain wouldn't be my area. It's going to be probably more Dr. Ghazali, who I think you've had yep. on this, this show. Him and I have given some presentations together in the past. He would probably better be able to address the physiology. What I address in my presentations are more the skills, like the uh, abilities, like remembering phone numbers, for instance. We all used to be able to remember the phone numbers of so many friends, family members. We could easily dial those from memory. I remember growing up, my parents would give me emergency phone numbers that they thought were important for yep. me to know. We all could do that, but nowadays, really, you give someone one phone number and they feel paralyzed. Like they have no hope of remembering even that one number. It's getting so bad that there are a lot of people out there nowadays that don't even know their own phone number. So it's a really good example of the use it or lose, lose it principle. It, yeah. And I think it illustrates one, one thing that happens when you really outsource your memory to these electronic devices. Another one that isn't necessarily something I don't talk about it that often or address it with my types of trainings, um, although it, w it could be applicable, uh, and that is navigation, right? So you're finding now, because everyone's becoming dependent on GPS, you're just not learning your city, right? You just aren't learning the streets anymore or how to navigate. Yep. New York City taxi drivers were at one point world famous for their memory ability, yep. so much so that universities were doing research on their brains. Uh, but nowadays you get into a taxi and if the network is down, you just have to sit there. They have to restart. I've been in a taxi where they have to restart their phone and everything because they also, they're not learning the streets anymore. They no longer know how to navigate because they've been completely dependent on these electronic devices. Uber and Lyft, it's even a little bit worse because uh, they never put forth that effort to really learn. So you have, basically you have people that have been driving Uber and Lyft in a city for maybe many years now. And if something's wrong with the app, you really you have to sit there. Nobody knows how to get anywhere, right? So it's just another, I think, example that people can relate to and it, it illustrates a little bit of that danger in completely shutting off your brain to just let these devices do everything for you, right? 
And maybe one of the arguments that people are making is that now that I don't have to store so many of the phone numbers or the maps of the streets, that I can then fill my mind with new things, the new technologies that are at yep. the cutting edge. and. That could potentially be part of the case, but also we do very easily see that if I used to be able to take a phone number or even a pattern of turning on streets and remember it really quickly, mm -hmm. but now it's so much more difficult for me to do that. How is that impacting all of the other aspects of memory of my life? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what, what I'm trying to get across there. And I wanted to address that issue that you, you brought up. It's a, it's a separate issue, it's something that I hear people say so often, but in reality, are they filling their brains up with all that new knowledge about the new tech? They're not, they're also outsourcing that to <laughs> devices, right? Yeah. But really what I, wanna, what I wanna hit on here is that classic excuse that I hear, oh, I don't wanna fill up my brain with all this useless uh, information, really, I'm sorry to say and be blunt, that's just laziness talking, right? That's really, all it is, people are just being lazy, not committing certain things to memory. If there is truly a limit to human memory, we are not going to find it in our lifetimes, right? You, you know about some of the demonstrations that I've done with thousands of pieces of data, right? There are people yeah. that have memorized, you know, people used to be able to memorize entire volumes of ancient texts even, right? Yeah. Um, so there isn't really a limit to human memory. And in fact, I think it's important for me to stress that how memory and learning works, it's the complete opposite of what people are thinking, right? So in fact, the more that you learn, the easier it becomes to learn new things. Mm -hmm. Because learning and memory always comes down to creating a connection in your mind between something new that you are trying to learn and something that you already know. So in fact, the more that you know, the easier it's going to be to learn things. So this concept, this idea of, I don't want to fill my head with this, that actually doesn't make any sense at all. And it's really, it's just an excuse. So you do actually want to take in things like uh, remembering a close person's phone number or a street pattern, or even um, the way that a new technology is connecting to something that you already previously know about another field, let's say. And then, if you uh, the the, the more app, the more um, variables you have in your worldview, the more perspectives that you're carrying at the same time in your worldview, the easier it becomes for you to be able to see the world from all these different angles exactly. instead of just one ch straight echo chamber of an angle. Exactly, exactly. So the more you actually have stored in your brain, the easier it's going to be for you to learn and understand new things, new concepts. Yeah. Chester, who were you growing up that got you interested in memory? <sighs> Very uh, good question there. So I, you know, just growing up, I often got the comment from people, I kept hearing a lot, wow, you have a really good memory. And back then, I didn't have really any sort of formal methodology, any sort of uh, really elaborate system or anything. I guess I was just naturally good, basically, at coming up with a connection between something new that I was trying to remember and something that I already knew. I just had my own way of coming up, coming up with these associations. And so, People would say, wow, you have a good memory a lot. And then I was flipping channels one night. This was back in the year 2000. 
I happened to catch a segment on ABC's 2020, that evening news show. There was a segment on the United States Memory Championship, and it sparked my interest because people had been telling me that, that I had this good memory, right? So I became interested, but when I looked into what the best people in the country were scoring in these events, memorizing hundreds of names, hundreds of digits, decks of playing cards and minutes, I quickly found out that although I had a good memory, I was nowhere near that level. Yeah. So that's when I started doing all of this research into what are really some ways that people can go about magnifying their memory ability. Uh, and eventually, well, what happened was I, I, I read everything I could find online, books, did all sorts of research. I played around with many different techniques. A lot of it didn't work so well for me personally. I found what worked well for me personally stuck to training myself in that subset of techniques until eventually I did win the US Memory Championship. And now, as you know, I've spent the last 10 plus years training other people around the world in the small subset of techniques that I feel can benefit the most in their career, in their personal life. And also, this is really huge for kids in school. Yes, yes, so huge. The younger that we are when we start uh, taking on uh, challenges like these skill sets, um, I love the skill set of spaced repetition is a really good one that I've been using that you've been teaching me. Also the story method. Actually, just to be completely blunt, Chester's skills that he taught me last year, a little over a year ago, were <clears throat> exactly why I was able to succeed as well as I did on the TEDx San Francisco talk that I gave because I used your techniques um, to remember um, my key points. I painted really beautiful abstract visuals cool. that were massive in size too, that I added senses to. Oh, wow. I had a beautiful story that I was spacing the repetition of and then I was doing it backwards as awesome. well. Awesome. And so, and then I, <clears throat> so by uh, unlocking this in me, you've also made it easier for me to give presentations, for me to remember strings of things. I told you that I was driving down, um, I was in the passenger seat and I was with my uncle and mother and my phone was off, uh, battery was dead, and I had all these profound things that I wanted to retain, so I started doing the story method in spaced repetition, yeah. and I remembered a string of 12 completely unique bits of information that I was then able to, when I arrived and I was repeating it backwards in the car as well, I was able to write it down crystal clear when I got back. That's um, so cool. And so I, I, I love, and to be able to get this into, into children, ages, and also your story about, about when you see other people that are memorizing these massive, in minutes, yeah. they're, mass, they're memorizing randomly assorted decks of cards, yep. long strings of numbers, long string of names. Chester is, when he starts his talks, is giving a hundred people more than that, even their names, one after the next, by just hearing their name one time beforehand and yeah. shaking their hand. Wow, those, this is the capacity of the memory. You said ancient people were remembering, remembering massive pieces of like spiritual texts and things like that. I mean, the capacity is unlimited and we, like you said, we have yet to, we'll, we'll never reach the full understanding, maybe we will, of yeah. our memory limits. Yeah, so, well, you know, I'm so glad to hear that you've been able to put this into practice and find it really uh, useful. Definitely what I, you know, I try my best to get that message out there, it's that it, with the right approach, 
and just a little bit of practice, it really is amazing what you can do in terms of remembering things. And memory is fundamental to learning. It is a fundamental part of their learning process. There's no avoiding that. So really improving your ability to remember is going to have a positive impact on many different aspects of your career. Personal life, you'll find various situations, uh, definitely for people in school. Um, it's, it's, it's amazing what's possible. And it's just the right approach and a little bit of training and practice. And then did you end up discovering the, the story method and space repetition? How did you figure out, okay, there's all of these memory champions, all these memory techniques. Here are the ones that are, is it kind of personalized, like the ones that work best for each person? And then they kind of really get good at those and then try and win the championships with those and teach other people those? Yeah, so... Good question there. It, you know, what I have been teaching other people for the last 10 years and what I ended up focusing on, uh, how I came about to this set curriculum that I would normally uh, train people in, it's a wide variety of ways as to how I ended up, you know, with what I am teaching now. It was all of that research I had done in the early days, you know, since the year 2000 and my own personal experiences experimenting with all of that, and then also my experience training other people for the last 10 plus years, seeing what works for different people in different situations. And just through my other experiences and people that I've come into contact with, you know, in my line of work, I, I'm able to, you know, I feel very lucky, blessed to come into contact with amazing, leaders in their field like Dr. Ghazali and then also I got flown out at one I heard about spaced repetition it's actually a well-known concept in psychology right mm -hmm. um, this concept of space repetition as as it applies to learning but I first heard about it when I was actually flown out to Washington University in St. Louis so they flew me out there and did some memory experiments on me for a few days along with some Jeopardy champions. We were all part of something called the Superior Memory Project at Wash U in, in St. Louis. And while there, I was talking with the researchers, said, you know, this is what I do. Uh, now I'm trying to train people around the world. How can I help students with this in particular? And they said, you know, Chester, it's with all of the stuff that you've been teaching people, but add this concept of spaced repetition. And they were saying that, you know, how students usually study for exams is they'll just cram all of the info in, you know, like the night before, a couple of days before the exam. That is only good for short-term memory. That's it. So cramming a bunch of like 20, 30 reviews done today will allow you to spit it all out on an exam, but then it just completely vanishes from your memory, right? You've yeah. lost that. But they were telling me, you know, if students after the lecture, if they would review right after the lecture, yeah. then maybe a week later, then two weeks after that, then maybe a few weeks after that, if they space out their reviews, yes. it will then lock into long-term memory, right? So really the ideal way to get things into long-term memory is with the types of techniques that I teach in conjunction with space repetition, there, it's, there are even some apps out there that people may have heard of that try to help you with this. Basically, the app will remind you probably when you should do your next review, Yeah. right? So th it's built around this concept. So it's a really well-known uh, concept to, to help you more effectively 
put things into long-term memory. Yeah, and the you can you can do something as simple as you're at a, an event where you're learning information that you think is really important to you. The number one thing that I get, I guess, upset about when people are trying to learn is that I ask them about like, are you going to review this tonight? Are you going to review this the next day? Are you going to review this? Because how much do you actually care about what you're learning? Because yep. if you really care about what you're learning, you will go and review it the next day. You'll practice trying to teach it to someone else. Yep. You will revisit it the next week as well because yep. then that's how you can actually hack into storing this knowledge that you want to retain. Yeah, one uh, kind of, I guess, ha hack uh, that I can, that I should mention is one of those reviews should come, uh, it's recommended early on, right before you go to sleep. Do a review right before you go to sleep because a lot of research has shown that if you, you review something soon before sleep, uh, basically, you're telling your brain to process that. Your brain will process the information overnight, and you will find that you wake up the next morning, you know it better than you did the day before without having done any additional reviews, but it's because your brain really churned that information overnight. It's one of the current theories as to why we sleep. So as of yes. today, no one has the definitive answer as to why humans sleep. But some researchers do believe that part of it has to do with the consolidation of important information into long-term memory. So that's part of what your brain is doing overnight. So do a, a review before sleep of something important. It's going to help it get into the long-term memory. Yeah. Yeah, Ron. <laughs> Say that again. What do I need to do to, um, Mem to work on this before I go to sleep? Memory... Uh uh, one, of, one of the great things that you can do is when you go to before you go to sleep is to think about the things that you really learned that day especially that you want to focus on storing into um, and consolidating into uh, with your past life experience and that's one of the big things things about why we yeah sleep. so just try to get into that habit this is it's it's really easy for people to do and it's amazing how just doing this one thing will how much it will help and I it's something I recommend for names so when people come to me uh, and their goal is to really become better at remembering people's names to get more out of business networking to build better relationships with people in general um, I recommend that in addition to all the techniques that I would teach Make sure that you're doing that uh, before you go to sleep. So say you go to a party or you had a meeting that day, do a mental run through. Who, who was at that meeting today, right? Yeah. And then review their names along with, with the other techniques. Uh, you know, I don't know if you want to get into that. Again, the, the techniques for names. Um, I had mentioned it in the last interview. I'll go through it quickly now in case people missed the first Let's interview. Let's do that, yeah. Um, so techniques for names. Come up with a visual, that, that's, it's, it's simple but powerful and effective. So if someone's name is Mike, maybe you see a microphone. If the name is Jane, I might visualize a chain. So there's a sound-alike thing going on there. Alice, I might visualize a white rabbit because that would remind me of Alice in Wonderland. There are var various ways as to how the image can remind you of the name, but come up with an image, something you can picture in your mind to remind you of the name, and then ideally you also want to link that to the person's look. So let's say you're meeting someone named Alice. 
And to you, this is just to you personally, what you notice about her when you're meeting her is her hair. You think, in your opinion, she has really beautiful hair. You might then imagine this white rabbit jumping around in her hair or getting tangled up in her hair, okay? So how this works is the next time you see her, you ask yourself, all you have to ask yourself is what, what is noticeable to me about her look? If you had noticed the hair before, you're very likely to notice it again, and you'll be amazed instantly the image of the white rabbit's gonna come right back because you made that connection in your brain. So the white rabbit's gonna come back to you and that might remind you of the name Alice. So that's one way to do it. It sounds a little bit crazy, maybe a little bit out there, uh, but it's very powerful, effective. Anyone can get good with just a little bit of practice. I would recommend this type of visual-based technique. There are many others, you know, if you take a look at my online stuff, you can find other techniques. I won't get into too much time, I don't want to spend too much time just on names, but this is going to be more effective than other things you'll find in business success books. They don't have, actually, they don't tend to have very good uh, uh, techniques if they have as part of a chapter on names. They'll say, just repeat the name over and over to yourself, right? They'll say, imagine writing the name in uh, big print with a marker on their forehead or they'll say ask them you know how do you spell your name Bob you know which would be silly if it, it's a lot of common names that would be dumb to ask them how to spell their name um, but uh, you know if those things help you at all it's only gonna work in the very short term right because the next time you see them you have nothing to help you like you know there's nothing to help cue up or pull up in your mind the memory of the name. Yep. But what I teach you will be based on the person's look. So it's more effective the next time you see the person. Yeah. Yeah, I love that one. And, and that adds that visualization component to it. It also um, repeating their name immediately after you meet them, mentioning. Uh, yeah, I had yeah, given you those um, steps last time. I didn't want, I didn't want to go over deep. them. Yeah, okay, again, but yeah, just little things go a long way in towards of me and and you know in terms of memory. A little bit yeah. goes a long way. Yeah. yeah, and to continuously practice that too. Let's do. Um, okay, we did a demo of the list of words, which it's so funny that you that I I'm literally seeing the story still of the words right now. It's so funny how just a random string still like whatever it is 18 months later can still be visually recalled like that yeah it's it is amazing i get people that will email me years after attending one of my presentations and they're like is this the list of words and they <laughs> they got it right it's just because what's happening with these techniques that i teach people is without realizing it you are using so much of your brain to encode the information into your memory. So let's let's do another demo, but a brand new one. I love it, let's uh, do it. That we didn't do last time. Actually, I have, I have two in mind uh, for this interview, some new stuff. Um, so people that saw the first interview will still get a lot of out of this one as well, ho hopefully. Uh, that's my goal. So before we do that, quickly, I want to review the main principles, visualization. I just talked about it in terms of names. Yes. So come up with the picture. Obviously names, but this will apply to anything at all. Okay, it could be points from a presentation and, and so on. Second thing from there, add additional senses as you can, right? So, so if don't the word just is see pie, it. pie, you smell the pie. Exactly, right? There you got it. So smell it, uh, imagine even tasting it, get some additional senses because what's happening there is when you do that, you're activating more areas of your brain and you are building more connections in your mind to that information. 
so it makes it easier to retrieve the information when you need it later, right? So that's the second thing to keep in mind. Third is make that all crazy, unusual, extraordinary in some way, yeah. right? So you're seeing it, you're getting these additional senses involved and, and remember to make it all crazy and unusual because there's a psychological aspect to human memory with no effort at all. We tend to remember things that catch us by surprise, that are strange and unusual. Uh, you know, I, I like to mention if wherever you're watching this interview, uh, if an elephant crashes into that room that you're in right now and it starts to spray water on you, if that were to really happen right now as you're watching this, forget it. you would never forget it. You probably tell that story Every for the rest of your life. life. You will never believe this. Okay, I was watching that awesome simulation <laughs> series and uh, they were interviewing some memory guy. When I was watching that out of nowhere, I'm not even joking with you, an elephant just crashed into the room, sprayed water on me, right? That might be stuck in your head forever without you even trying to commit that to memory. Yeah. Whereas other times when, you know, it's something important to remember, you put forth a lot of effort and you can't get it into your long-term memory, right? But the elephant just went in in, in an instant. So that is yeah. knowing that there is that aspect to how our mind works, realizing that we can take advantage of it, we can harness it, and we can actually apply it to presentations, names, foreign language vocabulary, exam material, uh, and so on. But we just have to realize that and try to incorporate it into what we're doing. So we're gonna build a story. This is called the story method. I want for you to try to commit to memory. Uh, first, I'm just gonna rattle off the words and then I'm gonna work you through the exercise. So this word list different than before. This one will be cloud, bicycle, elephant, watermelon, cat, egg, rabbit, mud, bird, whistle, jungle, turkey, sword, computer, and pizza, okay? Um, Damn. Now, usually, you know, without any sort of memory training or knowledge in ways to improve your ability to remember things, when presented with that list, people are just like, their mind is, you know, wanting to explode. They're like, there's no way I'm gonna remember that. Not unless you give me a lot of time to do it, but as you know, when you use the right approach, the right technique, we're gonna, we're gonna commit that to memory in about three minutes. That's it, it should take yeah. about three minutes. And then everyone watching this, they can follow along and they'll be able to recite the words, hopefully forwards and backwards, believe it or not. So just have fun with this, all right? Um, see what I described to you as best you can, all right? So Visualization. We, yeah, so we had, um, the cloud was first. So just visualize this giant cloud, whatever that looks like for you, all right? Falling out of the cloud is a bicycle, right? <laughs> Falls out of the cloud, just falling down. Super unusual, that's yeah, what Yeah, just falling yeah. out, out, out in, falling down towards the earth, this bicycle. The bicycle hits the ground, it starts just going along by itself, the bicycle, right? Just going along by itself, the bicycle. The bicycle smashes into an elephant, all right? I like elephants, I guess. <laughs> smashes into an elephant, picture that, all right? Spinning on the back of the elephant is a giant watermelon. There's a giant watermelon. All right, and Exploding out of the watermelon, a cat. A cat explodes out of the watermelon. <laughs> All right. The cat now runs and crashes into an egg. Crashes into an egg. All right. The egg cracks open and a rabbit jumps out and starts hopping around. This rabbit starts hopping around, okay? Picture that. 
The rabbit hops into a huge pile of mud, all right? S hops into some mud and it splatters all over the place, this mud. The mud starts to splatter onto a bird. The mud starts to splatter onto a bird. Maybe see this crazy looking bird, all right? And the bird is blowing a whistle. The bird is blowing a whistle. It drops the whistle into a jungle. It drops a whistle into this giant jungle. And there is a turkey. You see this turkey just wandering around the jungle. You're like, what is a turkey doing wandering around in this jungle, All right? See the turkey. The turkey starts to play around somehow. I, I can't explain how it's doing it. Just use your imagination. It's playing with the sword. The sword goes through a computer screen, just right through the face of the computer screen. And out the back of the computer comes a pizza. <laughs> now you're hungry, you wanna eat that pizza, or maybe you start to eat the pizza even. So that was it, I'm just gonna quickly review that. You'll just replay through this little story. So we start out with that giant cloud. What fell out of it? Bicycle. bicycle. The bicycle crashed into what? Elephant. The elephant. What was spinning on the back of the elephant? Watermelon. Watermelon. What exploded out of it was cat. a cat. The cat crashed into the egg. egg. What cracked out of the egg? It was a rabbit. rabbit. The rabbit jumped into the mud. mud. The mud was splattering on the bird. bird. The bird was blowing a whistle. whistle. It dropped the whistle into the jungle. jungle. What was wandering around the jungle? Turkey. A turkey. The turkey started to play with the sword, sword which went through the computer, computer screen. and the pizza fell out the back, that. right? So now Alan and people watching this can follow along, do their best to give those random words. Go ahead, in order. All right, let's see. So cloud. Bicycle, elephant, watermelon, cat, egg, rabbit, mud, bird, whistle, jungle, turkey, sword, computer, pizza. 100% man. You got nice, it. Nice, bro. Awesome. Nice. Great job. Great job, man. Under pressure. I know it's not, you don't always have guests on. They're going to like put you through a brain That's exercise great. like that and, and test you on the spot. In but three minutes, like yeah, you said. Yeah, I, I didn't, you know, I don't know how long, string? I don't know how long exactly we took, but probably it was a few minutes or so. And, and was uh, that, that was, words? that was 15 random words. 15 yeah, random 15 words. random words locked in just like that. And again, people that were following along are going to find even from a month from now, they might still know those forwards and backwards without ever even reviewing it again because you are using so much of your brain when you're using these techniques without realizing it. Chester, right? as soon as you were like, envision this cloud, and then all of a sudden, a bicycle falls from the cloud. <laughs> I mean, like literally, the more crazy, like you said, yeah. these outliers, these more yep. crazy things, it crashes into an elephant, right? Or the other one was that the turkey is holding a sword, right? You know, the more outlier these things are, the yep. out of the back of the computer falls a pizza, you yep. know? So that these things are so abstractly different than normal life, like the elephant crashing through the wall of the room and spraying you with water, yep. that you commit them faster to, yep. to memory. Yeah, so that's an important principle to always keep in mind when you are uh, using these sorts of memory techniques. And there, there are uh, all sorts of other techniques. Um, on my website, I have something new, brand new this year. I never, I've never had it in previous years. I launched an online memory school, I like to call it, because 
what it provides you with is some core training that used to be like I used to sell that as one course. Um, it's the equivalent of that course, core training, then you have advanced training that you can go through after that, and then it's ongoing training every month, new videos that I upload every month, and it, that, it's video training. My course before used to be like an audio, you were listening to it, and then you'd follow along on the website. So this is uh, via high definition uh, videos, video tutorials, so it's a really cool memory school, and you'll learn other techniques, uh, many other techniques, uh, but the one important principle that you'll always apply is that psychological aspect to memory. I wanted to go through a brand new exercise. We didn't do one like this last time. Well, it's similar to that one, but there's, there's a little difference here. I want to do it because I want to impress upon people the fact that, you know, this stuff doesn't just apply to, you know, an elephant and a watermelon and a cat, right? This applies to even it can be complex types of information. This can be points from a presentation. This can be uh, helping you learn the difference between one concept and another one. They're similar concepts, but they have these two things make them different, right? Remembering that sort of um, stuff. I was a speaker. I think you know. I don't. I don't know if I mentioned it uh, in the last interview, but you 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 know my background. So I've even they had me at Harvard. You know, to the Harvard Graduate Council. You can see a testimonial on my website where they're talking about how I had the graduate students going through this sort of stuff. So Harvard business students, law students, medical students, it can be complex types of information as well. This exercise will show you how it's not just a elephant and a watermelon. So you're going to visualize, Alan, some giant machines, all right? Okay. So we'll just take about one minute, this one. Giant machines, whatever that looks like to you. And these giant machines smash up a huge pile of gold and silver, all right? Gold okay. and silver. Okay. Rising up out of the gold and silver vehicles, whatever that image looks like to you, vehicles. Okay. Shooting out of the windows of the vehicles, medicine. Okay. And exploding out of the medicine, oil. Maybe, you know, petroleum oil, black, the black oil that will uh, be easiest to visualize. That was it, man. I'm going to go through this again. You've got these giant machines. They were smashing up the gold and silver, mm -hmm. what rose up, vehicles. What shot out of the windows of the vehicles? It was medicine. What exploded out of the medicine? It was oil. oil. All right, this yeah. one's quick and easy. Give it a try. Do yeah, best. yeah. Okay, so the machines, the gold and silver, the cars, the medicine, the oil. You got it, man. That was, yeah. That was it. That okay. was the whole exercise. So what you did there without realizing it, or maybe you did, I'm not sure. What we did there is we tricked people into memorizing the top five exports of the UK. So if, you, yeah, so if you were to look that up right now, what people would find if they looked it up, listed as the UK's top exports, it will say machinery, precious metals, yep. vehicles, pharmaceuticals, and oil. So that exercise gives you an idea of how what we're basically doing here is we're building just mental note cards, mental yeah. cue cards, yeah. just basically what you would write down on a you know, on a short list of notes, instead you're building these note cards in your brain so that when you meet with clients, potential clients, or a, pre or a presentation in front of colleagues, you have command of this information. People are like, wow, you know, Alan yeah, knows yeah, his stuff. Yeah. Obviously, Alan, you know, knows something about this area, right? Whereas, again, what I like to stress, because I know people will probably write this in the comments, I get it all the time, oh, well, you know, these days you don't need to remember stuff, right? Maybe you 
don't, maybe you wouldn't need to remember that in meeting with the client, potential client, or if you're giving a presentation, yeah, you could have that all on the slide and just read it off the slide. It's not needed, but you're gonna be like 99% of other people out there, whereas nowadays you really have an opportunity to be more impressive, yeah. right? If, because nowadays nobody's remembering anything, so if you actually committed that to memory, you are really better able to demonstrate your expertise. The impression is gonna be, wow, you know, Alan really knows his stuff, and you're gonna be more memorable to people, more impressive and more memorable. Yeah, when- I just hope the kids hear this. Yeah, yeah. It's for you, kids. It's for you, kids, really. Because when the vast majority of people are conforming to using the, these appendages and storing the data there, and when you take this new path of, of, of really mastering these memory skills, you are an outlier then in the world. Exactly. Because you can just be, uh, you, you know, it's funny at an event, just literally be like, do you know what the top five exports are of the United Kingdom? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. Well, yeah. actually, I can walk you through a really beautiful story of remembering yeah. how to do machines, precious metals, cars, pharmaceuticals, oil. And if you can carry that mental note card with you, imagine now, how many mental note cards can we carry with us about the complex world that we live in. Then those mental note cards, instead of, because I'm an avid note taker, and I gotta rem remind myself frequently, and I told you this um, last time, is that I gotta remember sometimes that I really need to take certain things that I'm storing into the appendages of computers and rather try and remember that string of five, seven, 10, 12 items that can then be a mental note card that I can pull anytime because I've closed my eyes, I've imagined a complex, beautiful visual with added senses that are outliers, scenarios, these types of things. Chester, this is critical. Yeah, it, it, um, it can be so useful in many different ways and it, as I hope people realize it isn't hard to do. A little bit goes a long way. It can help you to make. It can help to make you more memorable. There are so many uh, ways that this can benefit you. I've been one thing I've been working on since the last time I was here. Uh, I started working more on my social media, so I have been filming one-minute tips every week, posting them to LinkedIn. I think you have my LinkedIn mm -hmm. link in the in the notes, Twitter, and also Instagram. Yep. So Chester J Santos is my Twitter. It's also my Instagram as well. I'll post every week, uh, or maybe sometimes it'll be every other week, depending on what's going on with me in terms of my speeches and presentations that week. But tips from all over the world, and I will talk about how that location, in some way relates to memory, one that I posted from Venice, Italy, it's the birthplace yeah. of Casanova. So we've all heard of Casanova, the world's greatest lover, right? So in researching him, I didn't know this before I did the research, apparently he was very charming to both men and women. People found him very interesting, very charming, because, partly because of his vast knowledge from so many different areas, right? Yeah, so there yeah. are stories written about him that describe his incredible memory ability. He just can learn, he could learn things very quickly and this helped, you know, to make him a more charming guy. Uh, another thing I mentioned 
I haven't posted this one yet, the full tip. You'll get a preview in, in this interview. Uh, I'll post one from Verona, Italy, about, you know, the because Shakespeare, you know, Romeo and Juliet, the setting is Verona. I'll talk about how just, you know, having some interesting quotes committed to memory, it just makes you more interesting in conversations, right? Yeah. Um, so there's just a couple more examples there. Again, as I opened the interview today with in this technology, very technology driven society, I think we need to be aware that there still is a lot of value in developing human beings, right? Personal development, there still really is a lot of value in it. And it can, I think nowadays, maybe more than ever, at least more than any other time in the last few decades, it can really benefit you because everyone's just ch ch turning off their brains. So if you can demonstrate that you have some skills, yeah, it's uh, it's impressive. To take an example like uh, Casanova and see the um, what could have potentially been just this this relentless desire to take um, what was this these profound inputs that um, experiencing into mental note cards and storing those across different fields and being able to recall those mental note cards and impress people that way yeah. um, can totally separate you from the crowds yeah. today. Um, so memory school is something that people can do at their own pace through your website? Yeah, that's another great thing about it is, uh, you know, the first two courses, and I used to sell those as completely separate courses. How I have it set up right now, because it's brand new and I'm kind of, you know, we'll see what it ends up being priced at later. But for now, although you get instant access to those courses, uh, there's no, I'm not charging at the moment uh, an enrollment or setup fee. I might later because I'm giving you access to those courses right away that I used to charge hundreds of dollars for. But right now, no setup fee, and there's a free trial as well. So you can check it out, see if you like it, think, see if you're benefiting from it, and then after the trial is up, it's only $10 a week. So it's mm -hmm. $40 a month, really, uh, it's peanuts, basically, in terms comparing that to what, how you're gonna benefit in your career and personal life. Yeah. And definitely if you have kids in school, Yeah. Uh, sign them up. <laughs> you want to separate yeah. from the masses yeah. with memory it, skills. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, check it out on my website, Memory School. Oof. This has been so interesting. Thinking about all the cool things that we can actually commit to memory. I mean, the UK export list was, was one of the just most profound like awareness expansions for me because it's now thinking about, you know, this list of you know, we, I was just studying some, you know, like American literature and some of these important um, uh, poets and, and authors in American literature. And I was wondering, like, well, how can I commit people like Walt Whitman and T.S. Eliot? How can I commit these people to my memory more easily, like the four quartets that um, T.S. Eliot wrote, right? How can I commit these things more easily to memory? Or like, um, or something like, the uh, the Nobel Prize winner um, list and what they achieved, right? Things yeah. like that. Um, these things that are important for us to remember, but that we f that we frequently write into the technological devices. Sometimes we just look at it and then never try and commit it. Yep. Sometimes we take it and put it in the device to try and remember it. But how can I look at that information and store it in one of these beautiful mental note cards that I can then recall this list of Nobel laureates yep. and something like that. That would be so cool. And, and yeah. also to know, because these are profound moments for society that have unlocked a lot of 
um, peace or a lot of prosperity in the sciences yep. or literature. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> so then, um, okay, we talked about um, this a little bit um, at the beginning, um, but I want to uh, know a little bit more on, like there's a word here, it's um, mnemonics, the systems to improve memory. Mm -hmm. Like I love this word mnemonics, and that's kind of what you've been teaching, these different mnemonic systems. Um, and we kind of talked about the neuroscience a little bit. Um, now, you did the... Um, BBC World News, you did that. That was a cool way of trying to take this to like 100 million people, uh, the importance of yeah. memory. You've been also doing corporate events and stuff. And like you said, you were in Italy doing these short bits, teaching people. Yeah, so that's something I did in just the last couple of months. It was, I would say, my biggest TV appearance ever because it turns out that BBC World News is the most watched news channel in the world. I didn't know that, um, but when they asked me to be on, they pitched me on that, like this is a good opportunity. So I guess they have 120 million viewers in over 200 countries, and they had me on. They wanted me to come on and talk about the importance of memory skills to success in business nowadays. So I talked about names, which we covered earlier. Uh, I hit a bit on the you know facts and figures to demonstrate your expertise and I, I did what I, I felt was kind of, uh, well, you guys can try to find the, the clips online and see if you find it humorous, but I was bringing up, because Game of Thrones was big at that time <laughs> when I was doing the interview, everybody's watching the last season of yeah. Game, and, uh, Game of Thrones, so I tried to tie that in a little bit there. So I talked about how, well, I brought up a real world example too, but from Game of Thrones, Daenerys, you know, uh, the dragon queen Daenerys Targaryen, she was able to speak all those different languages, right? In the places she was visiting, the peoples that she conquered or liberated, she was communicating with them on the show always in their own language. Mm. So that really helped to increase her rapport and helped to make her a more effective and charismatic leader. But then I also tied it to real life, and that is the real world example. This was in my one minute tip series from Milan, Italy, in front of the uh, Milan Cathedral. Apparently that's where Napoleon was crowned the king of Italy. And then in researching Napoleon, I found out that you'll read a lot of stories about him and his amazing memory ability. So he could remember the names of apparently thousands of soldiers, believe wow. it or not and he could instantly memorize maps, for instance. So his memory ability really gave, it built rapport with the soldiers, but it also gave them more confidence in him and his abilities. Yeah. So this can be a really, memory skills can be a really important leadership skill as well. So that's what I, you know, the interview was like a couple of minutes or something they give you in one of these news shows, but that's what I, I some of what I hit on during my, my interview. Yeah, whoa, think about um, if you can, yeah, remember the names of the people that are involved with what you're, you know, working on, if you can um, remember things like a, the, like, a pet, like a vision that you have for the organization, and if you can keep that, store that in memory, uh, people will believe in you more as a leader. Um, yeah, it's great to see the news outlets that have a great amount of viewership care more about teaching things like this and not just propagating fear. Um, that's, a, that's so important. Okay, um, teach us about 
on the, we, we hit this at the very beginning. I want to make sure that this is kind of uh, talked about regarding our future. We're going into the 2020s. We're seeing the technology just get smaller, the computing capacity get faster, the ubiquity of it get widespread. What, how do we as, as still biological beings yeah. function well in the exponential technology hodgepodge of mayhem that's happening? Yeah, so we really just need to be aware of it. You know, that's why I'm really, we've known each other a while now. It was, it's been a little bit more of the focus of my message during presentations. I used to not hit on it as much. But I'm really just trying to stress, get across this message that there is a danger in digital dependency. I think we just need to be aware of it and realize that our brain, your brain is your most valuable and most important business asset, all right? That there's no uh, getting around that. Your brain is your most important asset and we need to make sure that we're in there the heart too you know brain brain and heart heart, yeah yeah, brain brain and heart is important um you really can't do anything else right uh develop any other skills without the power of your brain your brain power your mind power and it's we're losing our brain power mind power when we're just we're not using it to do anything anymore when we let the devices do everything for us. I think that we can find a little bit of a better balance. So for instance, like the case with phone numbers, I, I enter the numbers into my phone as well. And I, I encourage people to do that, but I'm just saying, why not? Why not also commit them to memory, right? And when you need, especially for close friends and family members, there's really no excuse for using the auto dial for them, right? Just make an effort to Dial those numbers, remember, yeah, it's gonna feel like work. I understand that, right? But how do you build up your biceps? You have to go in the gym and it feels yeah. like work and a lot of times we don't wanna do it, right? And like, we're like, ah, do I really need, yeah, but you really, that is what is necessary to grow your muscles, right? It's the same thing with your brain, you know, you need to exercise your brain, you need to use it in order to really keep it strong, right? And develop that brain power that mind power. So I just hope that people will start to become more aware of this and when they can, uh, when the occasion arises, especially like phone numbers, just make that effort. Use your brain a little bit. Don't just completely turn your brain off because I feel like people are really turning their brains off when they don't need to. And, and, And again, maybe in a couple of decades. I think it's more Dr. Ghazali's area than, than my area, but I know he's talking about that we're in a cognition, cognition crisis, crisis, right? Yeah. So uh, we're probably gonna find out in the coming decades yep. what, what really the negative results, what the negative impact is of us just completely outsourcing everything to technology. I always wanna acknowledge yeah. that technology yeah. is beautiful, technology is good, it solves a lot of problems, it helps us, but let's just yeah. not lose touch that, yeah, we are biological creatures, right? Like, let's not lose touch with that and uh, that we need to work yeah. on our personal development as well. Yeah, I think Jamie Wheel on our show called it, uh, don't be a dopamine monkey. 
Oh, Israel, interesting. Israel, Israel, Israel. Oh, yeah, from yeah. the the dopamine. <laughs> yeah. the, when you get a message, supposedly yeah. the dopamine goes off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah, yeah or even the uh, variable, the, like. the variable rewards and the yeah, in the feeds and the comments and likes. Yeah, yeah likes the, on yeah, your posts. All that and so, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and versus uh, yeah, being able to do something as simple as uh, just commit something profound that you find interesting about the world to your memory. Commit it to your own memory and not the devices. Such a good action item. Chester, I don't think we asked you this one um, last time, so I want to ask you this. Where do you, what do you think happens before birth, and what do you think happens after death? Okay, definitely not my area. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, before birth, um, what is related, I guess, uh, to, to what I'm doing is, I, I mean, I've, I'm, there's, I'm not an expert in, in the, that field or anything, but there are things that apparently you're, you know, the mother's listening to music or something, you know, the baby can somehow process that in the womb and it might help brain development. You know, I don't know, I, I, but I'm, I find that area a little, I find it pretty interesting actually, you know, um, Agreed, yeah. that maybe there are things going on in the womb, uh, there are outside stimulus that can affect our growth and our development. So I, I think that's an interesting area to, to look into more, that's the best I'm gonna answer that, what happens before we're born. And then at what happens after death, um, I don't know, man. I have a ghost story, I don't wanna tell the ghost story now, but <laughs> I didn't believe in ghosts at all, but I feel like I did actually see one at, at one point, and uh, that's, all, that's up for debate. So I, I think maybe, there, what I will say on this, uh, what I, can say more confidently, since this isn't my area at all, is that I do think there, there are things that we just don't understand. That are know? supernatural. Yeah, that, that there are things that yeah. we just don't understand, that we don't really have uh, an adequate, science can't, as of today, can't really give you an adequate explanation Some people uh, for it. even think that we uh, come from somewhere beyond the physical plane to uh, take the seat in these bodies. And I think that's very interesting as well that can be explored better and that we potentially go back to yeah, that. Yeah, well, mind your business on that. Well, stuff. mind your business. Stop. <laughs> yeah. Just pay attention yeah. to your 3D reality and stop asking questions. Yeah, I think there's really, I think there's a lot that we just don't fully understand, uh, you know, that that um, it'll be interesting to explore more in in the future. And then I think we asked you, but let's see if you have an update. Do you think we're in a simulation? You asked me that before. I still don't think we're in a simulation. Still don't yet. think so? Okay. Yeah, that's just my opinion. I still don't think we are. Um, yeah, I just don't. It's my. I don't think we're in a simulation. That's a good way to play the game. That's where. Uh, that's. I agree. We're not. Stop asking these questions. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think we asked you. What do you think is the most beautiful thing in the world? Man, that's such a hard question. I guess you know human beings in general just the human experience is very beautiful you know i you know i was talking about the mind you were talking about the heart uh but both i'm always amazed with just a lot of times i find myself completely amazed at everything that humans are capable of you know and so many different, even just like dance like i try to go to the 
San Francisco Ballet opening night every year, and it always just blows my mind, like the whole, you know, the, the skill level and just the beauty of it all, but not just dance, but I like America's Got Talent, that show a lot, just to see the amazing talents that people have yep. developed, uh, you know, the works of art, literature, but also technology, like, uh, you know, blows my mind. What, how, how the heck am I watching like any movie that's ever been created? I can watch it almost instantly now you know or any song like you know alexa play this song and it just starts playing like it's just we're uh, live on two platforms right we're now live for the world to see yeah yeah, the, yeah. that that the, yeah. the fact that that's happening that you know we're live right now all over the world it's just it's mind-blowing what humans have been able to accomplish in so many different areas it's it's just it's it's a beautiful, beautiful thing, thing. Yeah. yeah 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 I love that, Chester. Such a good answer. And then um, I also wonder on uh, where, on the terms of memory, could potentially things, you know, people say the body keeps the score. So could it potentially be that some of these memories, these emotional experiences that we have, do they get stored in the heart or in the gut? Do they get stored in other areas um, besides the central nervous system? Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Th these are interesting questions, again, potentially for like Dr. Zelli and others. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow, awesome, Chester. I feel like we did super well. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, man. I, it was a pleasure and uh, you know, I, I, I love it. Thanks for having me on again. You're super welcome. We love having you on, Chester. We're excited to do another uh, episode with you down the line as things keep going. We gotta practice more of the techniques that you were teaching us in this episode. We hope that others that are, were watching Please practice these memory techniques. Your memory skills are a great way to separate yourself in the exponential technology age. Practice these things like the story method, the spaced repetition. Get going with practicing this and sharing it with your friends, your families, coworkers, people online on social media. Get sharing these things. And check out the links in the bio again to ChesterSantos.com, his LinkedIn and Twitter profiles, his book down there. Also, go and check out his memory school. Get involved in the memory school. Get practicing again with these techniques. Shout out to Ron Vargas for producing and directing. Thank you very much, Ronnie. And also support the artists, the entrepreneurs, the organizations, the spiritual leaders around the world that you believe in. Support Simulation. Our links are below. Support us at PayPal, Patreon, on our cryptocurrency links below. Also design cool merch and get paid for it. Join us, support us, grow. And go and build the future, everyone. We're going to end with more of Chester's awesome <laughs> soundtrack. Manifest your dreams into the world. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you soon. Peace.